Welcome to the Husk Guys Podcast. Oh, yeah. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Husk Guys Podcast. We got a special one tonight. I'm pretty pumped uh, for this one. You got myself and Andrew, as usual, on the Husk Guys side, but we have brought in some of the broader Husk Guys, some of the original Husk Guys, if you will. Uh, Zach and Chuck, who, uh, as we do some intros, we'll kick things off here. But one of the things I want to highlight before we dive into things, every Husker fan's got their text thread. And everybody's got one that, like, you can lock arms with when things are going dark. And since we've lost, you know, 16 to last 21 or whatever, we've everybody's got one. This is mine. So me, Chuck, Zach, and then also Alex Post, who wasn't able to get with us, uh, is my text thread. So, Chuck, Zach... Say what's up, introduce yourselves, uh, and then we'll cut off into some content here. Yeah, yeah, I'll go ahead and hop in real quick. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm Chuck. I played on a many uh, many E-Rec softball Huskies championship teams. Um, I think we've won at least a couple of championships, runners up about seven or eight times, as is tradition. Um, big lead blown late, but uh, but uh, yeah, the, the the text thread is uh, it's very much cathartic. We need it every single week, it seems, um, but... Uh, but yeah, I don't know uh, if we've ever really been texting um, much through a winning season since uh, I'm trying to like the last big wins that we got to celebrate together. I mean, there was Ohio State uh, about a decade ago and then um, Riley Beach, Oregon. Check this positive vibes. This is positive vibes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Let's turn it around. Let's turn it around, Chuck. <laughs> so, we, so we've been through it. We did go to a Big Ten championship together. Uh, well, it's like, trophy. But uh, anyway, all right. But anyway, yeah. we'll get, I'll get to Zach. Seventy points. Yeah, it was a long one. That was a long night uh, in Indianapolis. But uh, hey, uh, Zach Lubeck here, uh, longtime listener, first time caller. Pretty excited to be here. I've uh, I've listened to you guys spew positivity for decades upon decades upon decades. I think it's about thirty years now. Uh, you know, we're well we're well into this thing. Uh, I I see no game. I've, I've never entered a game thinking we we're going to lose. So I'm going to maintain that position uh, this week. I've got some some unique takes on how I think we're going to pull this one off this week. Um, I'll save you a little bit for, I'll, I'll, I'll uh, bury the lead and get back to it here in a bit. Love it. All right. First, a little note from our sponsors. And our first sponsor is actually most important because we're going to talk a little bit. We're going to dive deep on pipeline jerky here in just a second. Got new bags, which I'm going to flash up on the screen for those who are watching on YouTube. Uh, brand new bags, cool front and back, uh, officially printed from Zach Lubeck and Quality Pork International. Uh, go to pipeline-jerky.com. Try the pork, try the beef. It's fantastic. And a royalty goes to the offensive lineman. So check that out. Uh, also, head on over to huskiesstore.com, uh, where you can see all the merchandise that Andrew and I are wearing, pipeline jerky stuff, run the ball stuff. Uh, this is the year stuff, all positive energy stuff, good stuff. And then finally, uh, as we talk about this and not, uh, land and mud. They're going to help you get through the wrinkles, help get through the grind, gray hair, all sorts of things. The wrinkles, especially, they are definitely there. Uh, we're trying to spread optimism. We're trying to fight this. Trying to fight some wrinkles, too. So defend against being old and run down. Land and lore. There's all sorts of products that can help you with this. Everything's from the land. It's natural, all good stuff. When you try it, 10% off. Use Us Guys 10 at checkout. So go to Land Hyphen Luna, proud sponsors of Us Guys Pod and the Wrinkle Killer. And with that, we are kicking off. Andrew, I know you want to take this directly into a uh, pipeline jerky infomercial, which I am all in favor of. Uh, so if that's the direction you want to take, I'll kick to you to uh, to dive in. And then, uh, yeah, let's go from there. Yeah, I, 
Appreciate that, Dave. So I think that uh, my goal for the pod this time around was uh, yeah, just a little bit different, take a little uh, different content, get it to the masses. Basically, we've been pumping pipeline jerky like crazy. Um, I probably eat it for at least two of my meals per day. Um, and uh, I think a lot of uh, fans are probably interested in just like the the workings of it, the inner workings, kind of the behind the scenes, the how this happened, how did it, how was this created? And um, so, although we have plenty of hot, um, spicy takes coming your way, I think that I would, uh, I want to kind of dive into what pipeline is and what it's all about. So, Zach, Dave, founders, what is it? Childhood friends, childhood you are saving the program one bag at a time. Trying, we are trying. I was the town to talk to it's, us about how it was founded at we'll start. Start because this is good that we got Chuck on the line um, because a lot of this started with the text thread, right? And so, um, you know, I think well, we're always dreaming up ridiculous ideas, and I mean, Zach and I have been dreaming up ideas for I don't know since we're kids. We got to do something, try to figure something out. But then, um, you know, I think as we got older, it became like, what are we interested in? And we we're all like, our interests became very narrow. It just was like, I like slow pitch softball and Husker football. And then it was just like, nah, I just like Husker football. And then NIL created sort of this unique opportunity um, where, you know, I think we were like, okay, there's something here. And, you know, kudos to Chuck. I think when stuff started to blow up, uh, he reached out directly to Jared Lambrick, uh, who is no longer with the program uh, due to the Frost era. But the, uh, was that called ABM, Athletic? business, whatever it was that was Branding created, marketing Branding and Bricketing, which was created as the original collective. Chuck reached out to him. We we're like, I don't know. Let's shoot our shot. We'll see what happens. Um, and so that was like the start, Chuck. You remember reaching out directly out to him and, <laughs> and, and respond. That interaction was absurd. I I messaged you and I was like, hey, Dave, you at least have a following. Like, I think you should reach out to him. You know, maybe you'll get a response. But this guy's really high up. There's no way he's going to respond to some guy like me. And you're like, eh, give it a go. So I just messaged him directly on LinkedIn. And like within five minutes, I got a response and a meeting. And I was like, you're not going to believe this. Jared, it to you. Hang on, LinkedIn. And we set up like a lunch. For new jobs already. So we had set up a, a lunch meeting like from there. And I was like, all right, Dave, can you make it? And you're like, well, I can't make it. I was like, Zach, can you make it? And so Zach and I went and met with them and um, through a meandering of conversation, trying to figure out like, what is the plan? What does Nebraska have in place? We quickly found out it didn't seem like there was much going on. And uh, and then Zach, with, with his resources, started to play with some ideas of how can we actually take this from just conversations around, oh, it would be cool if, to let's do this and let's do it now. And let's make it big and do it quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's a, give Jared a lot of credit on, it was ultimately his idea. I mean, we were talking, kind of spitballing, right, what can we do to help the program? Remember, you know, we, We've got a microphone with the, the us guys media stuff going on. His largest fan account, uh, largest social media presence across all social media networks. Uh, so shout out to Dave and Andrew for really building up brick, brick by brick. Yes, has a, yeah. a decade of goofing around. Now we're now we're more getting serious. Um, maybe a little longer than that. But uh, yeah, I mean, what started as a blog, I believe. If I, if oh yeah, I and that is softball team. Yeah, it is. Well, of course, yeah, world championship softball team. Uh, perennial runners up. Uh, but uh, Jared's like, hey, MMA sponsors, MMA sponsors, that's right, Grizz. I forgot about him. Um, but uh, no, uh, Jared's like, hey, what do you guys do for your day job? Because you know, all, all these ideas are, are yeah, they're fine, but what do you guys do for your day job? Just kind of create a conversation. Uh, and then I explained that you know, I work in the meatpacking industry, 
And he goes, well, what do you do? I you know, explained that we, we co-pack jerkies for a lot of, a lot of different national brands, uh, some up and coming and stuff like that. And he goes, well, how about you just make a jerky and, you know, kick royalties to the offensive line. And I was like, a great idea. Um, what, what can you do for me? And then we kind of got, got off and going and we decided we were going to do it. Got the artwork done by Zach Winemaster, uh, who did a tremendous job making the logos, uh, making the bag, the original bags, or I guess the original stickers that went on the bags. Uh, and we really kind of slapped it together between, I don't, know, like, I don't know, like June 15th and August 28th last year. Uh, we had a little snafu and missed the kickoff last year uh, due to packaging, uh, not getting in in time. Um, but, you know, obviously we remember that we lost that game and kept losing. And so process gone. ABM, ABM fell apart. ABM fell apart. Process gone. Disaster. Well, I was just like, oh, shit. Um, and Jared's like, yeah, um, yeah, ABM's going, you know, we're unwinding and being absorbed by uh, the 1890 guys. And they're not ready to go yet. And I uh, mean, you can go out on your own, but I can't give you any, you know, any formal support. You know, I can give you contacts, things like that, but I can't give you any formal support. And we had about, you know, 75 grand in uh, inventory. So we're like, yeah. Yeah, like, whatever. Dave, Dave texts me. He goes, "All right, put me in, coach," and it just starts firing stuff out there. And then, and before you know it, we, you know, we we moved ten thousand bags in sixty days. It was great. Yeah, well, that first that first like hit too was pretty wild because I think it was um it was sometime around like November, and you know we had no idea. It was like this could be complete flop. We have, you know, it's like mom and dad will buy some, your parents will buy some, you know, Chuck will buy some. It's like that's eight. Well, we have no idea. And like one one tweet to those guys following, we'd done three thousand in sales. We're like, oh my god, this is wait a second, this it was which is crazy. And like, yeah. Then the next day we did another three grand, and the next day another three grand, and then the next day I like five. We we're like, whoa, this is like insane. It was right around Christmas time, so it, it started to hit. And I think it was it was hitting for the reason. It was, the timing of it was funny because it it was right after another loss, it was like six straight or whatever. And there was this wild like. Uh, hog of the um, the fan base of uh, we had half the fan base that was like I won't give a single dollar to these guys they should be focusing on set ball like they can't block anybody it's ridiculous and then the other half was like rising up against them that was saying like if we do this we'll get better players and that voice like that voice of positive you know if we do this we'll get better players started winning and they were like you know we're going to fight against this negativity we're going to rise up we're going to get better players because we're going to you know invest in pipeline jerky and we're going to buy the pipeline jerky and we're going to buy it for christmas and so that just started hitting and it kept going and going and going and so it's been a wild ride the last year uh just like yeah i mean the different things the opportunities that have opened up for me i mean think that um you know I mean, we host an event with the original pipeline the original guys from you know 94 uh you know this was some awesome opportunities we met adam Carricker, we've met uh, you know, we had all sorts of like different alums that have, have tweeted and been a part of it. David Benning's a huge fan. So uh, it's been a wild ride. I mean, it's been fun to, to, to get it going and uh, it's all been kind of pretty surreal. So I'm always like fascinated by the, the startup story and, uh, and you guys seem to have a pretty good startup mentality. Um, did you guys have, you know, just personally a lot of skin in the game? I mean, were you like all in from the beginning or was this kind of a we're going to test it out, see the water, see how this goes. From a financial perspective, we kind of went off the deep end. I got it. Yep. I got it a little deep. I was, I was thinking, oh boy, all right. Uh, if they're going to, if they're going to wait a year to launch this thing, uh, this guy has got a one year shelf life uh, and 75 grand in the hole. Let's see where this goes. Yeah. I can, yeah. We got to go. 
but that's yeah, how we... you see so many businesses like just kind of figure it out when yeah. your back's against yeah. the wall. We had we had no plan. We just just went for it. Yeah, man. We, just, I, we honestly we honestly still don't have a plan, which is probably why it's. <laughs> but I think we all recognize through the text thread too that like there's just this voracious appetite for anything Husker, and especially that nostalgia aspect. They were like, well, you can only buy so many shirts and things, but how do you get it into like this these consumables, right? How do you create uh, a Husker economy? And we kind of talked about like, man, what if we've had a lot of different ideas too around like, how do you build this as a larger structure, not just a an individual business, but how do you actually get the entire state to come together? You know, things like uh, you know, restaurant ideas or or whatever. Like, what if everyone could just like have an optional like, hey, I'll tip an extra buck to. The, the O line, the D line, whoever, and just have different promotional programs. That's a really how good many, idea. How many people? I still like that. I still like the athlete. The athlete village, I think, is still great. Oh, Athlete's Paradise? Athlete's oh. Paradise. There it is. Yeah. yeah Lambert, I mean, Lambert was like, oh, you're in construction. Are you tight with Joey Hausman? I'm like, oh, yeah. No, I'm not. Yeah, all the time. Like, that. it's like, no, man, that's not a thing. It's like, you think you would build an Athlete's Paradise? I'm like, you should. Yeah, I mean, this, as you think back to some of those conversations we had with Jared, which is like hilarious that he kept beating with us and we just were throwing the worst ideas at him. We're like, what about a subscription model? What about if we build you a building? What about, and it's like, he was like, just, yeah, oh, Jared, these are great, good ideas, guys. It's like, we can't deliver on any of these. So literally, Zach was the only one who could deliver on any of the like thousand ideas we threw at him. Uh, and now it's turned into something. But I do think, I mean, you come, you come back to it. The concept that I'm like obsessed with that is really hitting is this NIL concept of the, the broader fan base, the average fan that can't write a booster check and doesn't have the deep pockets of a Pepsi or a Coke or an Amigos or whoever it is that wants to help. And like they, you, know, you think you're helping the program by buying tickets and theoretically that works. But like this is a very direct way to say offensive lineman, I buy jerky, it goes to you. It's very direct and it's very tangible. Um, and it's kind of unlike anything that exists out there. I mean, there really hasn't even been, I know copycats are going to come up, but even in the last year, there hasn't been a ton. Um, even like the beer that was just launched is still sort of a broader, like, where is it going? Um, so I think that the pipeline component of this and the fact that it goes to the offensive linemen and the fact the fans like, you know, for the price of a bag of jerky, I can help the program. I think that's been hitting. Yeah. I think that like the, the consumables, the, you know, there's also an aspect of like, I receive something, I buy something, I get two things. I get the consumable itself. I get to give some money to the program. I think that's like a nice pay it forward. And and people are buying in. I mean, there's guy. there's, we had a tweet the other day from somebody that was in his tractor Loved it. harvesting corn. And then he sent us the picture that he's eating the pipeline. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's this is who it's for. Like, this is what it's, yeah, you know, this is what it's all about. I think honestly, every, I, I, you know, I love this stuff and I love, you know, I, our Husky store has been fun. Pipeline's been fun. And I get like a little kick out of every single order that comes in. And I, I'm continually impressed. We we're just, Zach and I were just looking at the numbers um, last week. We've, we've got dozens of people that have ordered 500 plus dollars for the jerky in the last six months. You're like, well, this is crazy. Like, who's, who's buying $500 for the jerky? Like, we've got dozens of them that are just single most unifying food groups there is. Yeah, they're buying over and over and they're buying new things. And so, you know, we're kind of starting to talk to these people and, um, so yeah, it's sort of been a fascinating, all of that's been like, uh, it's been a wild ride. Who came up with like the recipe, like who, who created the taste and everything? It was, uh, well, so I had some, uh, we did, threw, threw some stuff together in our R&D kitchen. We had, well, I don't know, probably eight different flavors. Uh, that your, were, your kitchen? 
Uh, I mean, with the, the professional kitchen, but yeah, it's not 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 in my not in my home kitchen. But yeah, we've got like an R and D lab up in West Point. Uh, we put everything together and we we presented these eight flavors to the offensive linemen, saying, "Hey, the only the only caveat is you got to pick one one protein or one flavor for each protein cat- category." Um, and these were the winners. So, with that said, we've got quite a few flavors still left in the hopper. Quite quite a few. So, so they were the they were the first taste testers. Yeah, like yeah, were that involved? Yeah, Zach had them out. Yeah, if you look at some of the original pictures, Zach had them out um, to the plant. And they walked him in. I mean, walked him around, showed them the entire facility, showed him the venue. It's it's really some great pictures. We'll have to send those back out again. But um, I think that's again like the things that are resonating among the broader crew is like the players feel like they're part of building a business. Like if yeah. you talk to them, like there's some of them get it, some don't. But most you know the ones that get it are like, oh wow. So if we sell more, if we broadcast more, if we wear the shirts. And they got to be a part of, you know, Zach took them around the plant and he showed them like the business and we talked numbers with them. So all of those components, again, I think are what's a little bit different than like, you know, just a, a typical brand sponsorship where it's like, hey, Jeff Sims, will you send out an Amigos tweet and I'm just going to pay you for it. Um, this is like they're they're part of it and they're leaving behind a legacy. It's like they started it. Now the new crew comes in, the new players come in. You get to so. Yeah, so the idea is right. the idea is for there to be like perpetual business every year, year in, year out. So that you know these the kids coming in, whether they're coming in through the transfer portal or coming in from high school, you know the traditional way. It uh, they just, we we need them to know that nobody will take care of linemen like the state of Nebraska. We care about them. We you know it's not the not just the ball carriers, not just the not just the stud linebackers. We need we need the boys up front and, and people in Nebraska not only understand that they appreciate it, they love the linemen. They they were just showing us an outpouring of support for these guys. Yeah, it's I mean it's really taken off, and I think it's been impressive to kind of just watch people uh, like understand the the pipeline as well. I mean, I, I feel like that's just to begin with kind of a unique aspect of Nebraska too that that you guys have latched onto pretty well. It's like our our offensive line has its own nickname, which is in, <laughs> unbelievable, you know, to start with right there. Um, so what, like what ended up being actually, before I even get into that, tell me a little bit more about this taste testing, who like dropped some names, who, who was eating the most, who like it was loving it the most. You know, uh, Turner Corcoran was eating a ton. So was Brant Bags. Uh, the, the guy who really seemed to like really clicked with the most, the two that I'd say clicked with the most, um, were Teddy Prohaska and Ezra Miller. Um, and they were they were sitting there. They're like, yeah, it's like if the light went off. You could tell the light went off immediately for those two guys. And Ezra did a great job. He wrote um, wrote like several different like pieces of copy. He tried really hard to get this thing growing. He did a, he did a really really fascinating job. Um, Trent Hickson he really understood the numbers quickly. That was pretty. Uh, he's, he's an accountant now, uh, so fellow nerd. He uh, he he understood. He's like, all right, well hold on. You know, start growing this thing. The fat you know the faster we can grow this, the bigger the cut. You know, this is going to be for all of us. It's going to be a a pretty good deal. I mean, we cut, we were well north of $10,000 in total checks that we got for those guys last season. Um, it was after a month, after one month, after yeah, 60 days. Yeah, just yeah. it was un- unbelievable. So, wow, yeah, hopefully, we can keep that momentum rolling here. You know, nothing, 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 nothing promotes sales like a win. I mean, it's yeah. like oh, it was just unbelievable. Like, it was just yeah. just pouring in. And yeah, the loss is the loss is just murderous. So we really got to stop losing. Yeah, start returning it. Oh, it's so bad. It literally, like, when you get following, it's like a win, a win, a loss, a loss. Like, oh, yeah, it's in my mouth. Yeah, yeah. It's like 
it's well i think that's i think that's what all merchandise runs through too i think it's very you know after a win people are like feeling fired up after a loss and i can't even look at this team yeah but what ended up what ended up being like the biggest issue getting it started like the biggest obstacle you guys had to end up overcoming any licensing issues any packaging so i getting the packaging figured out i was totally shooting from the hip there um we were just trying to again i kind of got caught between all right how deep do we want to get into this or do we want to kind of try to do it the mom and pop route and i kind of tried to split the difference that kind of blew up my face and we missed the kickoff and yeah that was i was say packaging was the hardest thing all right what was your plan to just send them in ziploc bags didn't have one. I've been recording to you. Like they're, 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 those, those original ones were just like freeze dried. <laughs> yeah. Those things are designed for like, you know, putting like M&Ms inside like a giveaway bag at like a conference. So I don't know. What's that? How'd you figure it out? And how'd you guys like kind of? Uh, a little bit, a little bit of trial and error. Leaned on quite a few of my suppliers, uh, you know, for my professional career. But all right, what do we need to do? And, like a great example is the box that we send all the uh, all of the gift boxes in. Um, the guys at PCA, so Packaging Corporation of America, shout out to Mark Ruffshaw and the crew there. You know, down in like 12th in Missouri, they uh, uh, down you know, right up against the river, kind of down by Rosenblatt. They uh, they came up with a box and just gave me like 500 of them. They're just like, here, we think this would work. Go for it. Like awesome. perfect. The breaking. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. I was calling in favors left and right. I burned up a lot of political capital doing this one. <laughs> also gained a lot of political capital though, because Yeah, that's true. That's low true. Credit, yeah, credit, uh, credit. Yeah, a lot of political capital. There you go. So are you spending on marketing now or are we um just primarily using the house guys machine here? Yeah, we're doing a little bit. A little bit yeah, here and there. It's hard that marketing sides you. Yeah, it's well, it's been a little bit. The marketing's been a little tricky because it's 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 such a unique niche thing. Like the, the pipeline. <laughs> oh, we lost Zach. There he is. The uh, <laughs> this old man. <laughs> you know the uh, the the pipeline component makes it like super like niche and um, kind of challenging to find like the right. Yeah, the right return on like what we'd be doing from an investment standpoint, right? It's like the biggest blessing as well as like the biggest challenge of it. People that understand pipeline jerky are like new Nebraska fans that are likely 35, 40 plus. So like finding that crew is, you know, we're trying to work on. And I mean, it's honestly coming all the way back to like the podcast itself. We, um, I reached out to every single podcast that exists and I was shocked at that a lot of them, um, I mean, their, their listenership isn't like that massive, but they're very expensive. Um, so, you know, it's kind of struggling with some of that of like, how, how much do you spend on a podcast that has like hundreds of listeners that wants thousands of dollars? So I was like, maybe we'll just start our own. So here we are. <laughs> well, this is trying to do another new way that we start to uh, build more awareness for it. Yeah. Um, we were trying a lot of different things and we were trying things across Facebook and Google and, um, you know, podcast marketing. I don't know. We'll eventually maybe do something with Callahan, but um, I think he's probably Sean Callahan. He's got like oh. the, him, him and on three, they've got, you know, kind of the strongest yeah. uh, following that comes with it. So, um, I just, yeah, I heard well, the name Callahan. And... Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, I called Bill. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, are you sure you want to go that route? Yeah, yeah Bill. Bill's great. It's it's pretty funny to just see how far, like, in wide Nebraska media, like, permeates. Uh, like, there, like, one one of our early, really big pushes was on the platinumboard.com. Uh, I don't know if you guys have ever visited, but it's kind of a dark hole. Uh, knock off of uh, on three and rivals and two four seven and uh, that it was wild. They were those guys were tremendously supportive. 
I ended up actually going and meeting one of the guys in person to deliver his stuff. He's like, hey, I'll order if you can get it to me tonight. I go, send me your address. <laughs> Turns out he lives like, I don't know, six, not even six blocks away from where I grew up. Like he lives just a meter from the wall from my parents. So I'm like, all right, I'll be there. So who, like, yeah, logistics wise, I mean, who's doing the fulfillment? How's it like just walk through? So my brother and like my best friend, Marsha Allison, she's, uh, she, she works for us. Uh, everybody's got like a, you know, the 63 year old best friend. Uh, she's, she and Hayden knock it out, um, left, you know, every day they log in and, uh, do the, you know, 5, 10, 15, 20. I mean, during, around Christmas time, we had days where we were doing 150 orders a day. It was pretty, it was pretty fun. Yeah. You, yeah. We, set, we took over a conference room. We we're just plugging that uh, stuff in bags, stuff in boxes. We'll do it like this year. Oh, yeah. Time job. We, uh, uh, no, not on job. It's, it's, uh, other, other assignments as needed type job, but we've uh, wow. kind of made some enemies, to be honest with you, at USPS. They, our, our mail guy really hates us. What's the beef? At work. Because yeah. they don't like work. Yeah, oh. correct. Yeah. We had, we had, one day we had to have uh, two entire dedicated vans come pick up boxes. They were, <laughs> not, they were not happy with us. They were, no, it's like, sorry, sorry for the business. Yeah, exactly. Sorry for doing your job for you. Sorry for all the money. Yeah, okay. So, we got, yeah, I yeah, think I was just pissy. Yes, whatever. But no, we do that, do FedEx, do UPS, kind of whatever's cheapest through Shopify. And, and we we blow out sales too. Like we've, um, I, last time I counted, I think we were at 44 or 45 states. We've touched a lot. So oh, yeah. Mississippi still need to do that. Still need to do uh, New Hampshire, Vermont. We should go, we should just call, we start calling people and he says, just help. Right? That well, we got somebody in Hawaii who kind of lights us up, and they they buy you know they'll buy a bundle every month or whatever. We lose our ass shipping it to them, but whatever. Yeah, <laughs> like, dude, like the sport. It's like it's like eighteen dollars to ship it out there. <laughs> so much for jerky. That's that's great. Yeah, they're doing that. So as far as like the future goes, and and like the future vision for everything, um, I think a lot of Husker fans are are pretty interested in just the NIL opportunities and the involvement of the players and everything, like you're touching on. Um, are players, are current players involved, and in, like do you want them more involved? Correct. Yeah. So we've got ten. We've got ten guys signed for this year. Uh, so we we change the ten guys every six months. So we'll we'll, we'll do another a new ten starting in January. Uh, current current ten. Um, we're all doing a great job. We were, we did not do uh, uh, Nielly, um just because we weren't sure. We were so confused about what his status was uh, from a visa perspective. We weren't sure if he's allowed to earn money, so we, we did not include him this year. Um, but if we can get that cleared up, we'll, we'll include him next year um, or next spring even. Um, but yeah, it's it's been a it's been a good little. Uh, the guys are very supportive. Um, it's kind of hard to get ten guys in of those guys in the same room, but oh yeah, that's. We also uh, of the original ten, what we have like seven transfer last year, so that was like um, added, added to the list of added to the list of learning experiences because we had we had signed these guys to a year long contract, and no, like, that's not true. We did we had six months because we we oh, six off. months, yeah. It wasn't, but even even so, they all like disappeared. We're like, uh, okay, so we now have no players and as part of my charity. And then, you know, like, I mean, Ben Scott transferred in in like, you know, May or whatever. So I was like, all right, he's in. So we, you know, now it's a little more structured, but it, all this stuff has just been like, learn as you go. It's been like, all right, like, I guess it's, I mean, if you're on the roster January through June. Well, one of the more difficult things we've had to do is to have these guys go cash their checks. Yeah. It's been fun. Like the, the shock, like <laughs> it's a lost skill. I know. Yeah, exactly. These, these, you know, these kids born after 2000 don't know where the bank is. Like can't. Yeah, you know, it's not not in Venmo. It doesn't work. 
That's incredible. Like I'm trying so hard to give you money right now. Right. Yeah. Please, like, please take my money. I, I'm trying. <laughs> well, there, there's there's a comma in this. You know, this is thousands of dollars. Please take. <laughs> Dave, I need to uh, revisit. We had a Google a Google Doc too when this all started. So like, good. All, our, all of our business ideas, like so good. We in our heads, we had partnerships with so many car dealerships, like Speed City. Everyone gets a Corvette. Like you know. Uh, D line, you're driving, you're driving, you know. Uh, I stuck. Yeah, I mean, it. I still think it's good. I mean, that's probably like a 2024 thing, but I still think. I mean, yeah, it's unfortunate we haven't really had any contact with 1890, but we were like, we were talking to, we were talking to Jared like every day. It was awesome. Like that was yeah. sweet. And maybe that was like, I don't know, maybe that was why it didn't work out because he was listening to all of our ideas and. Well, that was another day. I did like no longer, but it's like to go from that to absolutely like no connection at all while running the only NIL business in the state has been a trip. But yeah, that little, I mean, honestly, to give credit to Jared, he took, he took a leap of faith in us and he took a leap of faith in general because nobody, nobody in Lincoln grabbed, you know, you know, stepped up to create a collective. We'd know he, he, was, making it, he was making it happen. He was making it happen. He was, he was the only one to try. I mean, I don't, I don't even know anybody else who tried or, you know, beyond, you know, beyond, you know, filing papers and corporation. A lot of, you know, that, that doesn't require anything. He was actually putting the little rubber of the rope yeah he was making it happen i love that about him i thought he was you know i enjoyed working with him i miss him uh jared if you're listening call us back i guess that that is a good segue too like with like between pipeline and then you've got 1890 and everything is there it sounds to me like there may not be a terrific uh booming relation blossoming relationship there quite yet no, I mean, it's really, it's not a, bad. It's just crickets. That's kind of, it's just, it's be. look, I think it's, I mean, if you want to talk about where this thing really takes off is if it does get fully embraced by the university. Um, and that's what you're starting to see across a number of different schools across the country is, um, you know, I think they're willing to really lean into different NIL opportunities that they're fully integrated within the university itself. So, you know, for us, it'd be like, man, if we could become official partners of the university and, um, you know, are able to be a part of not just concessions at football, baseball, basketball, but also it's like every gift box they send out. If they're emailing out to season ticket holders, if they're part, you know, just like that, that integrated relationship, everything we've done has just been basically social media blast and, you know, using Huskies as much as we can to grow it. And then it's kind of taken off from there, but that next level will be like every big, every big red breakfast across the state yeah. as, being a pipeline. It. Yeah, it's like in every event that they get, every single time their rules going out and speaking on the on, he's bringing he's bringing it with right. Like there's that level of like that's, that's the aspirational component of this is like every grocery store across the state is carrying it, every gas station across the state is carrying it. Rules got in his back pocket. Real, you know, rail is carrying it around campus. So, um, you know, I think that's something the university right now is a little uncomfortable with because they aren't sure what the NIL laws are around yeah. this. So. Well, you know, in, in a couple of years, it'd be pretty sweet if that was the case. Yes. And, and so how involved can they be, I guess? Like, like if so, it's, say it's completely under you guys approached Donovan Rayola, for example. Yeah. You send him handwritten notes, man. It's, <laughs> it's been, it's is been that, I mean, is this something that like legally? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. They can do it. There's, um, so there's, there's no real regulation around this stuff. I mean, there's what's out there is very loosey goosey. Um, whether from a state level, city level, or NCAA level, yeah. um, it's all. I mean, there's there's a few guardrails, but um, you, you know, you can be conservative and get lapped, or you can go out and be in front and you know, kind of apologize later. It's 
it's very much the wild, wild west out there. I don't think that the NCAA is going to retroactively slap somebody's hand for doing something that is in our, in our world. This is we, we don't think we're doing anything wrong. We're doing this right. very much within the spirit of the NIL. We yeah. know this NIL was supposed to be and is supposed to be. So even if you know these collectives disappear and all NIL gets sucked, it you know, gets taken in in house for these athletic departments. It this is the spirit of what it's supposed to be. It's truly a business that the kids are a part of. And they get a, a direct, I mean, it's straight line algebra. The bigger the pie, the more money they get. It's, yeah. it's very obvious to us. It's it is really yeah. using their name, their image, and their likeness to grow a business. Yeah, we've heard this from other people too, being like, you guys are the you know, quote unquote good guys of NIL. Most of NIL is the bad men. It's, yeah. it's like, it's so just the big butcher writing a check and getting the kid to write like a fake tweet or something and then giving him a Maserati. Right. Like, you know, it's like you, you see like Shadur Sanders, right? Like driving around like all these different cars. Like, what did he do to earn that? Right. It's like just people giving him things. Yeah. Um, so that's still like what exists. And so we feel like we're, you know, we're doing everything above board. We've got, you know, the right legal contracts and the right tax accounting and the right preparation, all those things. I just think that Nebraska has been extremely conservative and are concerned about it, rightfully so. Right. Like nobody wants to be the one that gets shut down. Sure. Um, nobody wants to be the one shut down, but also I can tell you those none of those schools in the South care. <laughs> none of those schools in the South, they do not care. And so then there's just current yeah. like at this current point, do you has there been any feedback? Like has it been mentioned on recruiting trips? Has has it been kind of know. a pitch from maybe I don't know. peers, like peer recruiting and just saying, Hey, they've got this pipeline thing going on? Well, I think, so, yeah, I think that's like one of the next steps, right? Yeah, Ben Scott knew about it before he got on campus. Um, yeah. uh, what was the? He's now in the defensive line. Um, he's got a nice long Polish last name. He's from South Dakota. Why would I like Mister Testing M? Mackajek or whatever. I can't, I can't remember his name. Oh, he yeah. Out right away. Uh, Gunner and his family reached out right away. They knew about it. Um, they've been very, very supportive. The Lajowski yeah. family is unbelievable. Supportive. I, I think what they've had is a that there's a lot of people in that clan because we've yeah. shipped all over their last names are Lutovsky. So it's, it's great. Uh, yeah, it's, and it's, it's been very, very supportive. The Ben Hart's have been really supportive. Uh, it's been, it's been really clearly if, if they're buying it there and their families are, I mean, they, they know about it. They're passing on word. They're, yeah. They're, yeah. We're, yeah. Spreading the word to their family. And uh, they're, I mean, the, certainly the recruits after they've committed, not a lot of them hadn't signed yet, but I've had some really long, nice conversations with recruits um, after, after they've signed um but they uh say like hey you know this is the business this is the idea you know if you mm-hmm. if you're if you end up being one of the 10 players we select for this you know it's off and running so it's, yeah it's so you can you can see and your, your leading questions i think are where we hope to get to is like that's you know you, you can think if it gets fully embraced by the university it's fully across campus and it's like this is a you know a business that supports our players was created by the players built for the linemen for like you know for the fans um, then you start to see bigger penetration across, you know, the athletic department plus, you know, the athletic department across campus, across bookstores and across like grocery stores across the state. So, um, that's where I hope to get to, you know, I think we've made a ton of progress in a year. Um, yeah. a year from now it's, you know, even bigger. Yeah. 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 Wholesale is going to be a really important aspect for us. You know, we want to get, you know, get in front of high V get in front of, you know, multiple, you know, like, uh, National Association or National National Association of Grocers in front of the mom and pop guys. Uh, we we already got in front of all these hardwares in the state. That was kind of cool. Uh, they should, uh, a guy who owns a couple uh, Ace Hardware franchises reached out to us. I was like, "Hey, I want to carry it, and I'm posting in a conference in New York. You want to come speak?" And so I packed up the, hopped up the big red machine and 
brought an obscene amount of jerky out to York and then passed it around <laughs> to all the Ace Hardware guys. They're tremendously welcoming. Uh, and that's that's what I need to do is try to get into you know, to get to you know I think we're in David City, Nebraska. I probably yeah. wouldn't have gotten there if it weren't for some of the Ogallala, we're in McCook. Uh, we're in Torrington, Wyoming. That's our first cross state lines. That was a big one. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, uh, I believe Burke was down on board. Hey, I think we've talked too so much about like it's more than just, you know, selling jerky and getting jerky all over. It's more it's selling the concept and the idea to have it catch on to say there is a culture here. There, there is, you can build an economy around this um, that if so that if I am choosing to spend money anywhere, I can choose to spend money that only goes back to the university in some way, not just the university, directly to my football team players, right? Yeah. Um, and and if that catches on, I mean, you have a thousand guys like you know, like what you're doing at Pipeline Jerky. There's a thousand different things, whether it's yeah. clothing, apparel, you know, restaurant, restaurant yeah. beers, yeah, restaurant drink, whatever it is, yeah. right? Um, Mars. You know, and you got Pipeline Jerky now. That's from the Pipeline Proteins. You know, you gotta you go, go buy your Christmas ham. It's got an N branded on it, right? Um, you know, stuff like that. Where it's like, yeah, if I'm ever spending money, let me choose the cho- the option that's gonna kick money back to my team. Well, that's what I mean. And to tie tie a bow on it, and then just shift into talking about Husker football, the dream here. With the um, you know, original, it's like you know, you realize what I don't know. Maybe it's as you get older and you become a Husker fan, you're like, all you really care about is how do we make this team better. Right, right. That's it. That's like literally it. You're like, all right, I care about my family, and you know, then I care about this, and I would like for this team to get better. <laughs> so, you know, and this is like really nil, like the first true thing that has allowed you to sort of insert yourself in a way and raise your hand and say, like, I'm going to make a difference. Um, and so that's, yeah. uh, you know, that's I, I think that's kind of cool. You know, empowering in a lot of ways to be like, wow, just as a, you know, literally like three idiots on a text thread being like. <laughs> What if we just reached out to Jared? <laughs> That's so cool. Now, the uh, yeah, one of my final questions here is, um, Zach, what do you make about the uh, the haters saying that Brandon Baker would have committed to us if he got to tour maybe the West Point uh, quality yeah. Cork International? I mean, I've been getting a lot of messages about that and some kind of nasty ones too, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're getting personal. Uh, they're driving up to West Point, knocking on the doors. Um, yeah, but I know it. Uh, I, I, you know, I'd say the ink's not dry down there yet, so we're good. Uh, I think there's still a chance. Uh, there's, there's. I don't know if you've ever been to West Point and you know know them for a December time frame. It's great place. Yeah, yeah. The tourist hotbed. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's uh, yeah. You get there, you gotta want to be there, and I think you'll want to be there. Yeah. All right. Closing remarks on pipeline. What's been the most rewarding thing so far? For me, it's it's really seeing the outpourings of support during the downtimes. Uh, you know, we last year were four and eight. Um, obviously, we had a lot of losses, and still people just kept pedaling and pedaling, and it built to this big balloon. Like for the a lot of people were making bets with one another that hey, if you know we beat Iowa, I'm gonna buy, I'm gonna spend a hundred dollars for the stuff or whatever it is. It's in uh, one one guy, uh, Jerry, uh, lives in, uh, I think it was in Mullen, Nebraska. Um, the dude just lined up, just bought five hundred dollars for the jerky, and sight unseen. Day one, we we're like, "Who, who is this guy? This is amazing!" And then it came, then it came full circle. I had a uh, a friend of a friend is like, "Oh, you do you do Pasca uh, or you do uh, pipeline jerky?" You know, I've got some in my car. I, it, this guy named Jerry and Mullen gave it to me. It was like, "Oh, this is amazing!" It's just such a like Nebraska is obviously not a massively populated place, but just the the small town feel of that was so cool and so fun. Yeah, I think it's a riot. I mean, I think it's been, I mean, for me and Zach, it's been awesome, at least, you know, for me, hopefully for you too, Zach. But the, uh, 
you know, you get to build a business with your best friend from, from childhood. It's pretty awesome. Like, you know, Zach and I talk now every day where we used to probably text a lot, but now it's like literally every day you get to talk to your best friend and build a business. So I thought the death part's awesome. Uh, and I think it's, it is, it's cool to like, see it really grow and take off and to feel like people being a proud, you know, people are really proud of it. And I think that's really cool to see, like, I mean, every single order, everything that comes in, I think gets you a little adrenaline rush and I think more, yeah, like more to Zach's point, like people are rallying behind it as a way to make the team better. And that's exactly what we set out to do. So I think the fact that it's resonating, people are doing it, people are buying and getting behind it. I think it's been great for us guys, right? It's been good for us to like, you know, be behind it, um, you know, and to continue to push it. So um, I think it's been all good. It's been a ton of fun. Awesome. Well, transitioning to things that are um, are not good. Let's talk about the Big Ten West. Oh my God. Yes. Can we get into some football chatter? Chuck, we're going to get you back in this. So I, I've, I want to kick this off with this and then travel I'll tag you in. I love the Big Ten West. I think it is just an absolute fantastic dumpster fire. And it's the only thing that's keeping me through this season is right. we are going to be in the Big Ten West picture until we've lost like five games. <laughs> just lose it every is. game and still be statistically alive. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't know, just not even getting 100 yards and getting completely shut out. Oh. Illinois, is it completely? I don't know if they got 50. I think they had a it was, 70. They, it was something like 76. They had 70, 75 like, yards and then 300 punting yards or something. Like, it was not <laughs> good. Minnesota blew a 21-point lead, which is still shocking. We lost to those guys, which is so terrible. Northwestern is bad. Illinois is bad. Purdue, I mean, it is just... We are we are going to be statistically in this thing until November, just because you're never out of the Big Ten West. The Big Ten West is a land of opportunity. I think that that's what it is. Like I'm, I mean, on Saturday, right? I'm just tuning into. I really just tune in to watch like bad Big Ten football now. Like I, it used to be awful. But I'm just like, all right, give me Beth Moen on a call. Like let's see what we got going on. Uh, you know, eleven at the end. Yeah, all the Indiana runners sign me up. It's halftime at 11.45. Like, what are we doing? This is just a running clock at this point. Um, but yeah, it's like, let, you know, give me Minnesota Northwestern overtime game. And it is just, it makes me mad because it's Minnesota, right? We lost to them. And, uh, but like, Kaliak Mattis can't complete a pass. And this is the, like, they're running their running back 38 times together, giving them the Ibrahim treatment. And they're losing to Northwestern in front of like 600 people. It's amazing. <laughs> I there. Oh, it's so, so good. Well, that's what's, I mean, so we'll, we probably should talk about Michigan, but if you can, like, never really sort of written off Michigan, but I think we're going to, we're going to spend a little bit of time on why we can win. We're going to dig deep. We're going to really find some things on why we can beat Michigan. But you look past Michigan, Illinois, not good. Northwestern, not good. Purdue, not good. Michigan State, doesn't even have a coach. Oh. Unbelievable. Maryland, not good. Wisconsin, we aren't really sure. And Iowa literally can't score. I mean, it is just like the last six games are going to be, it's like, we got a chance, even though. And then you also have to do this thing where you like compartmentalize your brain and you're like, you just have to like forget Louisiana Tech happened. You know, and you're like, oh, were we tied with Louisiana Tech like late in the third quarter? <laughs> no, no. Like, remember all those touchdown runs that Hardwick had? Those were great. Like, don't, you know, just ignore the fact that we got like physically manhandled by Louisiana Tech. And you're like, no, we can beat all these teams. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, when I was gonna hop on this, right, I thought this was a perfect, uh, perfect podcast and the perfect group to try to like, you know, break down the Michigan game because there's no data that suggests we're gonna win. It is all just emotion. It is raw, pure emotion. If we're gonna will this thing into victory, and, I found uh, some stats, Chuck. Don't worry. 
Thank you. Right. Give me see Michigan. Give me one. See Michigan. <laughs> okay. Well, we can get into that now. Uh, yeah, Michigan. Let's do it. I think, you know, as far as the Big Ten West chatter, we can just put that aside. I mean, it's basically Wisconsin, and then everyone else will just be alive, I think. Uh, but so in order to stay alive, um, I want to see a good showing against Michigan. I really just, I want to see us get competitive. I want to see us, I want to see this be a just a Big Ten slobber knocker. Like, I want to see this be like they just in the trenches. I want to basically play the game like Michigan wants to play the game. You know, they're going to, you know, they want to line up and run it. We want to line up and run it. You know that they want to just play solid defense and not turn the ball over. That's exactly what we should be wanting to do as well. I would love to see an 11 to 10 Nebraska win. Like, more than, you know, I, I think that where we are at right now at this point in the season is our offensive identity is not established, but has been chosen. We have chosen to be a power running football team. We run without, without running backs, but yes, two uh, dead running backs, two dead running backs and a backup quarterback. But we haven't quite established like, in offensive dominance. We're not a good passing team. We know that. We are last in the Big Ten in passing yards through four games. Okay. Is that bad? It's, it's not. It no, could, rather like we don't. It doesn't matter. Yeah, We're number one in rushing yards in the Big Ten. Are we, we actually? Nine yards. Yeah. By 99 yards. By 99 yards. Oh, by 99. Okay. We're nine number one in the Big Ten rushing. Yeah, we have 939 yards total. We are sixth in, sixth in the country in rushing yards per game, and we're twenty first wow. in rushing attempts in the country. So we we have we have made it pretty clear we want to yeah. run we want to run the football. I think we're the last I think we're the last in pass attempts. Like I heard, like in a country we're like we just don't even we throw out right. the least amount of passes, which is crazy. So I love that during the uh, <laughs> during Louisiana Tech game, they came on the air and said they will. Their run pass ratio, like it's 35 runs and 12 passes. And I'm sitting with Alex Post. He's like, that's too many passes. That's <laughs> way too many passes. <laughs> we got I mean, Alex is hitting on like 51% of his passes or something. And like, oh, the like misses he's had, they're like, for 17 last year. They're like, not close. You're like, like center attack. Like, it's some of those deep balls they snout at Tommy Hill. You're like, are we even running this? Yeah. Like, what are we doing? It really seems the same like stratosphere. You kind of it's can't like even get it within a galaxy. Yeah. It's like a trick play. It's like, whoa, <laughs> did you just throw it over 25 yards? Also, like, Tommy Hill, you know, our desperation to like get this kid the ball is like, they must see something to practice because, like, yeah. it's like, ah, Tommy Hill, Tommy Hill, give him the deep ball. Like, I think they think he's like Travis Hunter. They just poor, man's, poor man's Travis Hunter. <laughs> he's a very poor man's Travis Hunter. I think my key to beat Michigan, Tommy Hill X Factor. They got to be seeing something that we're not. So if it, if well, it, that's not it, dude. If he if he does show up, if he does it, then it's like electric factory. It's like why you know make it happen. But I think yeah. the, the carnage on our offense is like so wild when you start to like look at the yeah. So that's, that's where I think the Michigan breakdown starts. Is obviously like our offense. We have chosen this identity, but we are going up against a quite doubt uh, defense. And so what's going to end up happening is our back's going to be against the wall. We're going to face a lot of third and longs. 
and which direction do we go? Like when it's when it's third and five against Michigan, are you passing or are you going to keep running the ball? Like I think that that's the type of game that we're going to be getting into with with Matt Rule. Um, who do you guys see like winning the the ground game battle here? I I mean so I I like what you were saying in the beginning. Like I actually it kills me that we screwed up the Colorado game. That first half up until two minutes left when we started, you know, we threw the fumble and the interception. Um, that was perfect, right? I was like, if we played it like this zero zero tie up until like the third quarter, they're just gonna get so freaking frustrated they're gonna give up. Because I, I think our run defense is extremely strong versus Michigan's, like, I don't know, theoretically, we should be able to stop them if we have, you know, if we live up to height. I have limited expectations on our offense moving the ball. But I think like in a 7-7 game, late in the game, Michigan's super frustrated and they like feel the pressure of a national championship, but we're like, play loose? I don't know. Crazier things have happened. Things, things, well, things just need to get weird in the game, guys. We need a couple funny bounces. We need, yeah. Watch us get like a safety. Like watch, like, yeah. like uh, I mean. We should run that play we ran against Minnesota where we just, we throw it yeah. you know, onto yeah. the turf and just see what happens. Perfect. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Let things get weird. Let's get a safety. Let's kick four field goals. Score a touchdown, miss the PAT. Like, let's win this game. Like, it's... yeah. There's there's definitely like, I don't know. It was a little peculiar about um, Louisiana Tech game is we had no sacks, like maybe one or two tackles for loss after having. I think we had eight sacks against Colorado. I think we had eleven sacks in the first three games. Mm-hmm. Um, if that factor, you know, plays a role too, where it's like all first of the big ten in sacks. Yeah, I mean, we have tons um, and ton of pressure. I just, I really like our defense. I really yeah. like what I, I like what Tony White's done. Look really, really, really good. I'm really it's, liking it. I think it's an exciting defense. We put good pressure on. Um, you know, we seem to have. You know, Ty Robinson's been playing well. Polar Bear's been playing well. Like that part gets me going. You're like, all right, this team can. We can play with people if you can stop people. Um, and I think that offense gets so much press because it's like. They're hard to watch in a lot of ways because we just don't have playmakers. Like we don't have elite. We don't have elite playmakers on the offense. Are you ready for this? Is this is gonna blow some minds right now? This is this is how we beat Michigan. All you do is you look at numbers, and then you pick which ones you like the best. And then if you just use those stats, that's you just automatically win if you know the right numbers to look at. So, all right, Sounders. Here is Michigan's rushing defense. By quarter. First quarter, they're the rushing average they give up 1.41. Second quarter, 1.74 yards per carry. Third quarter, 1.48 yards per carry. Okay, that's really good. None of these are none of these are Fourth quarter, which is frankly probably when their scrubs are all in, five point one five yards per carry they give up. Now uh, hang on. Now wait. Are we back? What? I didn't pass this back. It give up weight. There's more. We, Nebraska, is fourth in the country in yards per carry in the second half. Oh, Bo. Yeah, six. Did run the clock. We're gonna get a lead. Run the clock. Did we just win? I didn't think. I think we're all the way back. Six point three six yards per carry in the second half is the is the yeah. That's <laughs> really like one of the like funnier narratives that I've seen like popping up in different articles online is um. Like the reason we're exploding in the second half is we're like wearing them down or just grinding them to a pulp. And then like in the fourth quarter, like they just can't hang on anymore. And then you're like, well, then you're like, yeah, thanks to pipeline jerky. Shout out pipeline jerky. The, uh, 
<laughs> like, then you watch the game, and you're like, did we actually wind them down? You know, did we grind them down on the nine straight punts? I don't think. Like, were they were they begging for mercy on like the four three and outs and like the three fumbles? Like, I don't think that's quite. This wasn't exactly like a twelve play like sixty yard drive. <laughs> We're like, oh yeah, we just grind them down to the fourth quarter. They can't hang on to Harvard. Here's the final part in that in that this is a three part stat actually now too. Michigan in the fourth quarter, it's also their worst rushing average on offense. I forget it. <laughs> there you go. They're not gonna say it's a big win like that. Just hang <laughs> on. Just hang on. So I've got three, three, three yards. They play, they play Rutgers last Saturday. Uh, yeah, I mean, Rutgers hung with them until halftime, and then like wheels fell off. They threw like a pick. They threw like a pick six, and they did some other stuff. But it was like I think it was seven seven. Like it was very Colorado esque. Later into the second quarter, but then uh, it was also they Rutgers never scored again. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's like there's there's there, I don't know. You see like the vulnerability, and then you're like, oh, this is why Michigan's good. Is they like a pick six, and then a fumble return, and then a bunch of other stuff. And you're like, oh, that figured it out. That makes it sense. It was a really gimmicky game though. Like Rutgers had this weird. Like fumble situation, Michigan guy picks it up. They think the play's dead. He runs it in for a touchdown. It's a touchdown. Michigan fumble. They don't even review it. Like it kind of overturned. There are two like huge plays right in a row. Rutgers should have won that game. That, that, that's my take. Yeah, there's still only five minutes of it. Rutgers should have a couple bad bounces. God, uh, here's a, a potential problem I foresee. Of course, here is Michigan is the number one defense in the Big Ten. No, I thought we were. Yeah, pick uh, scoring, scoring. Excuse me, scoring defense. Yeah, so you know, so, um, well, that's enough of that. Uh, five, five, no. point, five point eight points per game. I do think. Yeah. I mean, that's going to be like I think it's it's five stinks. point eight. The the way that we're truly yeah, like, you you look at like <laughs> they would seen a kid from Carney, the un unrated kid from Carney. The uh, I do think like truly like that. This is probably the best I felt about defense from two, since 2009. And I, I don't say that lately. I don't know. I feel like we've gotten, we had Georgia Southern put up 70 last year or whatever. Like it's, we're just getting blitzed throughout. The difference though, of like that 2009 team and where like if this team can elevate to this level, I'll feel really good about beating like a lot of these terrible Big Ten West teams is forcing turnovers and actually like winning games. Like that's what, you know, who was doing back in the day and Prince was doing back in the day and Alfonso Denner was doing back in the day. It was like, they were not only just stopping people, and we had the worst offense of all time, but they were just like, you know, oh, actually, we're going to stop you, and... And get the ball away. Look at, like, Levante David doing that. Oh, was, my, yeah. Levante, Levante David saved the game. Yeah, block, Levante David won that Ohio State game. Yeah. You know, Hag, you know, all those guys, like, Sue could force a fumble, like, at a moment's notice, and then you're just at least kicking a field goal. That That's going to be the difference of, like, forcing the turnovers that win the game, because we literally we just don't have an offense that we can count on in crunch time but if you give them the ball like at the 40 yard line after a fumble like yeah we can put some points in right yeah. and and it is like i i think you know as far as like winning the west too and, and where we go from here you do you have to play uh you have to play big 10 west football which that's the worst part of it, the whole thing about being in the big 10 west and it is a land of opportunity but you have to play their style like they just they suck you into it and and so we have to do that but we have to be boring we have to make people turn the game off because their eyes are bleeding watching everyone just do three yard runs that you it away until the fourth quarter when someone kicks a field goal and wins three to two. Um, but we have to play that way for now. We have to build the defense. And then once we do that, you get some wins under your belt. You can at least be like, hey, 
yeah, it was ugly, but they went seven at five. It's better than the a flashy three at nine, the best three and nine people of all time. But it's you know a, an ugly seven at five allows you to at least buy some time to build a really strong defense until we get you know Dylan Raiola. Yeah, he's coming. That... And, then, and then we and then we'll have an offense. So you just build it, you know, get some wins under your belt, show that there's progress, you know, play their style for now, and then be able to build a recruiting pitch to get three or four skill guys on offense that Iowa's not going to get, Wisconsin's not going to have, um, Illinois is not going to have, you know, and you're going to be able to have those skill guys to then build an offense next year. All right. I got, I got a hot one. I'm coming in over the top on this one. Uh, Cause it's actually an interesting segue into this, but we can kind of come back to this topic here. I said this to you guys right before we started. Kieran Williams, Kyron Williams. How do you pronounce his name? I can't remember. Kyron, 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 Kyron. There it is. All right, he sort of sends this to me out, speaking of like three and nine, four and eight. He sends it to me out like a handful of hours ago. Today at the game, or maybe this is last Saturday. Today at the game, I saw two corporate in our locker room from the operations to the staff. No dog, no swagger, no credibility. The vibes are definitely off. Players are making the best of the cards they got. Just my honest opinion. So hmm. I've got strong opinions on this. Okay. I don't know. Number one, how do you pronounce his name? Is, is number one. Well, so his, his number one was I literally was like, who is this guy? Like I was like, I, I had to look him up. Like, I don't remember. I don't even remember who he was. The defensive back. I think he was. Was he? Keith's kid. Did he have a kid? Probably a nephew. In some surreal. Oh, I, I was sure he was. You're thinking Pierre. You're thinking Pierre Allen Senior. <laughs> Here's okay. So I had a couple because these are. This is interesting and relevant to what we're talking about right now. Like, somebody, one of the best tweets or like responses to this was, um, is, he said, Bro, you're four and eight your senior year, and you went 13 and 12 overall. <laughs> he said, I'm not sure you had any dog and swagger at all your entire career there. That was somebody else. I didn't say that for the record in case he's listening to this. Uh, but I do have this like question on, you know, well, this is a broader like look at rule of, you know, what he's doing for the program. You know, clearly he had a bad you know, whatever he had on this trip, like wasn't great. Um, so I have two components of it. What do you guys think overall on what Royal has been doing like the first four games, but then also the second component of it is, is did anyone that played in the last seven years ever get to say anything about the program? No, it's, it's kind of like how when I manage people, you know, when you, when you see a problem, just pointing it out and putting it on blast out there does nothing to help anybody propose a solution as well. Like it's fine. If there is a problem, Point it out, we'll propose a solution with it as well. But if you're just going to put point out solutions and say, "Oh, that's all I've got to say," and walk, or you know, point out problems and say, "That's all I've got to say," and you walk away from it, it's it's such a it, it's not helpful. It it's just it it detracts more than it helps anything. So just it's that, that's an annoying general life statement for me. Like anybody can point out problems, yeah, or a few people can actually get in the trenches, start pipeline jerky, and fix something. So I pipeline jerky, by the way. Yeah, it, Twitter's so interesting, right? It gives it gives a microphone to everybody, even if they don't have a real voice. Um, and you know, I I get that too. Like, I'll send some stupid tweet out or whatever and tag somebody, then like they actually respond. I'm like, ah, I didn't actually was gonna read that. But uh, but yeah, it's like dude, you were allowed in the locker room. Apparently, you know, you were allowed to come back as a former player. Like, it's not like they're not locking you out, right? And uh, and yeah, at the end of the day, too, it's a team that's trying to find their identity. And I think to answer the other question about like how is Rule doing, he says the right things. He's trying to honor honor the past. Is that the right way to make us immediately successful? Well, 
it appears not. But uh, but I think that you know overall he's a good coach. He says the right things, and that's important in a Nebraska media that is such a fishbowl. So you know don't say anything that's gonna like get you in, into quick trouble, um, so that you can buy yourself time. I think like look at the basketball program. Tim Miles did that really well. Bought himself a lot of time to give himself the opportunity to be successful. Ultimately, it didn't work out, but you say the right things and you do the right things to buy yourself the time to give yourself enough leash to try to figure it out. And I think Rule's definitely doing that part of it well. Now, I think that he has a bad offensive coordinator for the personnel that we have right now. Um, hopefully, they figure that out and it buys him even more time and it'll get him the wins that that, uh, that he should have. Yeah, he's... Andrew, you go ahead too. I'll jump back in. Well, I, I mean, I guess my take is like, he came, I mean, coming from the NFL, I think I can I can see Tyron's take. Like, as far as, you know, it feels and seems a little bit like a corporate structure. The flip side is... That might be good. Maybe we need that. ...needed structure and, like, a hierarchy and just accountability and, like, and and all business for a little while. That doesn't mean you like suck the life out of the locker room or anything. So yeah, I'd be interested to see if we hear or see anything else on this. But uh, you know, it, so far, I'm seeing players that want to play for rule. I don't think that like anyone's questioning that part of things at this point. So like, however it's getting done, it might not be how he is used to seeing things around there. But I, I haven't really questioned like you know, player effort and like, and, you know, post game interviews, I haven't heard anything that's like, yeah. like, whoa, that's a little bit questionable and, and damning. And, you know, yeah, not well, even really any nuggets. Well, seems to be straddling the line pretty well of being a player's coach, like being there in there for the guys, but then also being the corporate CEO that seems to you know say the right things, be the right places, do, you know, you know, quite frankly, kiss the right asses. And then, but, but also have his players backs, have those guys play it for him. And, not necessarily exactly how Bo did it, whereas, you know, the team versus the world, like even the team against the fans. He's like, hey, these people love you. They they want to be here for you. It's a privilege to be here. Go play for them. Go play for yeah. each other. There's, there's a lot of there's a lot of positivity that he seems to be, I, he's timid building, um, at least as, as I see it. Yeah, I, that's, I, I, go ahead. I, think it's, I think it's funny, Dave. You used to do, when you guys did the, the blog, there was a swag player of the week, right? Coming out. You got, you got Kyron talking about there's no more swag or, you know, there's no swag. You're like, you literally had to stop doing that because there was zero swagger. Yeah. And like it didn't come back until you I mean I think last year, like Trey Palmer probably would have won it every single game because that dude just he was the swag player of the team. But like this year, there's a lot of them. Yeah. I mean, we give me Omar Brown, even like uh Hartsog is kind of bringing it. Uh, any of the guys on Deer, they're playing great. Yeah, I think that's sort of my like overall kind of reaction to it is you're like like that tweet was is like you're your entire career, you went like eight and twelve. You know what swagger did you? You didn't bring any. You know, and like this, a couple guys are blasting him in the comments, just like you can't go three and nine your senior year and then be like, yeah, like this team sucks. Like, bro, you stuck. Like, you don't get to throw stones. Like, when you like didn't, what did you contribute? Right? Like, I don't know. So that's like you kind of go back and forth on there. Like, do any of Riley's guys get to talk like grief like this it's like i don't know he's trying to build a program and also to your point it's like this isn't productive to just like blast this out there and then you know it gets picked up because everyone's bored where like this should just like disappear into the ether because this guy's like you know selling cars somewhere but um yeah i mean any sort of negativity disappears with with 
every single win. Yep. And absolutely. Yeah. Wins wins pull people together. It's, I mean, it's amazing. guys, I imagine if we Michigan, you I'm really interested. Oh, I've imagined. It's gonna get wild. Like it just, I mean, it's we're like definitely teetering on the line of like, is it gonna be forty-two-three? But also, what if we keep it close? When Denard Robinson, when Denard Robinson came to town, we said, "What if we could be Michigan?" And then we did, and it was like Halloween night, and that was wild. That was a great. Time. I mean, all, all of these freaking games, and that's what Andrew's <laughs> me this morning. It's like we're so dry on content right now. It's so bad that like any any game week, I try to put out all these like you know, beat Michigan, beat Colorado, and like all of Dave the clips. Sends a, Dave sends a beat Michigan uh, clip out, and it's we like lost that game by so much. They're they're near Johnson catch on the uh, unbelievable oh, yeah, route, right? That much in that one. Oh, wait, well, that was that one was a closed one. That was like the most exciting game at Memorial that's Stadium in the last ten years. Game, really. That was that was such a bad one loss. We had that one so easy. But that's I mean, we were only like eighty eight percent chance of winning that one. I mean, that's not even the worst yeah. worst blown losses. But that's you know that's it's like if you just. Uh, it's like the it, it, it rule showing signs at least at the end of the game. Louisiana Tech there's some weird stuff going on, but he, he's at least showing s- slightly better signs of clock management. I don't know. It's like there there's there is some signs of clock management and like improvement towards the end of the game, but then there's also some like wildly concerning things that are still like popping up. But I just keep trying to like close my eyes and be like, oh, oh, that's the play we call. You know, like. I, mean, I think like what Satterfield called like pass play on third third down that gave them the ball back with three minutes left. And you're like, okay, 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 okay. I think it's like we are broken. Can you please stop throwing passes <laughs> until the game is over? Like we would like that clock to hit zero. Please stop this. Who is going to be our uh, offensive MVP this weekend? Mm. Harburg, not in the quarterback position. Whoa, I take. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Give me a I think I think we're to the point here where we just get the best athletes on the field. That's you maybe got Sims and Harbert out there in diamond formation, wildcat type stuff. Yeah, they, they, they'll both line up at wide out and both run passes or both run reverses. Like just get the ball in their hands, get them in space. Harbert's feet don't move quickly, but he takes really long strides. He's not slow. He's pretty damn fast. Um, just get him out in space and let him run. I mean, Sims, think about Sims. that. Think, think if you got like sit okay, Harvard takes a snap because Sims can't. That, that's okay though. Um, but as you got Sim and then hands it to Sims. Sim it says here's the ball. He can throw it with it. Two quarterbacks. You got Grant. Oh, so, so, it's the end Tom. One, one, one quarterback takes the snap and then one passes it. Also, did you see that Fleeks is now a running back? He could is he really? in the diamond formation. Yeah, that came out this evening. So, diamond formation, multiple quarterbacks. I mean, like I said, it's like, other than other than revolutionizing the entire game of college football and changing positions mid order, is there a... the thing that Sims Sims killed? Like we are offensive MVP. Sims is the wildest. Sims is the wildest like character of this whole thing. That like has there ever been a quarterback that hasn't stepped foot on Memorial Stadium that's more like universally like despised than that guy? It's like he hasn't even played. And he also has like four year track record of being like a starter at Georgia Tech, and he's thrown like a boatload of like touchdowns. He has so much potential, and you can see the flashes of it. But it's like, I mean, it, literally, everybody like all week is like, if he starts, I'm booing. And you're like, what is going on? This guy's playing here, so you're like, I don't know. There, there's that that's what they like deep down where I'm like, man, what if he just came out and like lit it up, you know? And like, and Rural was like, hey, you know what? He's my guy. I like brought him here and like put my career on this guy. 
And all of a sudden he turned into the Justins we thought we were going to get instead of like what we actually got of like the grade school quarterback that can't catch a snap, you know, of like St. Pius kid who's just like fumbling all over the place. You're like, what if he turned in? Snap only speed option offense. I mean, he's like 6'5", 240. He's fast. He should yeah. be like good at football. It's just like, yeah, but he, I mean, his passes are treacherous and like. Runs like a deer, throws like a deer. That's, the yeah. That's what I said last week. Get him, get him in a wildcat specific package for him. Yeah, I, th- I thought. I mean, I thought Satterfield did put him in some tough spots in that game. Just knowing what his limitations are, um, you know, specifically the, the Minnesota game. Like you, you had them. You could have crammed it down their throat, and instead you chose to get a little creative. Yeah, which I get. OCs want to get creative, especially in their debut and stuff like that. But it's like, dude, it cost you. It cost you the game. Yeah, there's there's just a scenario where he rolls out and he does like the Adrian thing where it's like, it, you know, he's out in space and he's in this like, you know, run first, pass second, like mentality of like once he rolls out, you know, does the, does the field open up for him and Fanoni's running wild and um, but in a drop back setting, it's he's got no shot. I mean, he just doesn't see the field. He just locks in on his receiver from the start. And it's got no shot. But aside from that's back where that that's going. We're going down a dark path on that. I just think like, <laughs> what's the dude like? Well, if he just became Jeff Sims, quite frankly, is we can run like a Veer option here. Just run, just run. Yes, RPOs all day long. Just, mm-hmm. We're sticking in there. It's, yeah, just let it run. I mean, it's that's that's what yeah, that's classic coaching where you have an inferior team and you put put players in isolation and hope your best athlete outruns theirs. That's that's our best chance here. They could yeah. and they could both take a hit. Harvard can take a hit. Sim can Sims can take a hit. You know, I think Grant's. A great running back. I'm, I'm nervous about him getting 27 carries a game, and like the fact that the drop off after him is some true freshman. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's, he's, he could play. He runs the number two rushing defense in the Big Ten right now, behind us. No big deal. It's who have they played? Who have they played? They have they have a baseless attack. Who have they even played? They haven't played Minnesota. <laughs> they haven't faced. They haven't faced this yet. Um. So yeah, I mean, I'm. I would say Anthony Grant, but I think they're gonna. If they're gonna lock him down. I'm going Billy Kemp as a Ooh, that's a howl. Because I think they were we're just gonna be forced into throwing and like he seems to be it's him or Fedoni seem to be like the two reliable passing options so far. Marcus Washington has room to grow. Um and he could be and should be good. Um but again just gotta get in the ball and then um uh, but uh, yeah at least Billy Kemp and I think that they're just gonna hone in so much on Harburg and they're gonna hone in so much on Grant that we're not going to have too much of a choice. I hope we don't go away from Grant and Harburg. I think they can, they can be our bell cows and, and everything. I'd love to, I'd love to see him give Mike Malachi Coleman a run or something. I mean, it's like if you're going to build a program, you know, yeah. let's get some easy yeah, crutches. Yeah, let's get Emmett Johnson some touches. Let's get Coleman some touches. Like, let's get yeah. these guys. Like, if these guys are going to be a starter for the next three or four years, let's yeah. give them a shot. Um, especially a big spot. MVP. Well, to what Dave just said to you. Uh, offensive MVP. I mean, if it if it's Fedoni, I think we have a really good chance. Like that's you know, and it, I would love to see that if it's Fedoni, or even because I think if you if Fedoni's getting touches, that means that we're at least moving the ball successfully, and then that means that the run is probably working well too. Um, so if I get to say at the end of the game that Fedoni was the offensive MVP, I think that we either won the game or had, we kept it really really tight. Um, but I think if it if the game work, as we talk about trying to win the West, and that is the goal, if the game does get out of hand, say it's a you know, 17 zero or something like that. I hope that we don't, uh, we don't take, I know you don't want to, you want to play the whole game, but at the same time, you got to look at the bigger picture and our depth is limited. 
I hope that it's not like, okay, just keep feeding Grant until until we kill him in the game, because then, okay, well, next year we'll see the post. So, yeah. yeah, you know, to that point, get Malachi Coleman some touches, get, you know, Emmett Johnson some touches, um, get Fleek some touches if you're trying him out at running back. I don't care, but let's not, uh, let's not ruin the rest of the season trying to chase a, like, 17-point comeback if it does get out of hand yeah. early. Yeah, I, it's a gr- I think it's a great point, because it is, like, now that I'm looking at it, too. And I think nobody expects us to win. What's what's the spread? 17. 17? Okay. Yeah, I mean, literally. That actually is a pretty good, that's actually a pretty yeah. good prediction. <laughs> I think, you know, because, yeah, you, you look at the next, you go Illinois, Northwestern, Purdue is the next three. So, like, you got you got to be healthy going into those, because if you lose to Illinois following this, it's like wheels are off, and then you're like, how do you recover? But Illinois, Northwestern, Purdue, Michigan State. They're winnable games. I mean, and we, so I've been to so, so many games, like road games and stuff. Like I just remember the, you know, at Ohio State when we had Tommy Armstrong, you know, get his head bounced off the, mm-hmm. off the sideline, right? And it's like, okay, we probably weren't going to win that game anyway, but they scored 63-3 to three on us or something. But it was, I don't know, they, we never stopped them. And in the meantime, now your quarterbacks are... And Tommy's dead. So that game too. And it's like, now i got to watch Riker fight all season long. Don't do that to me. Who's got, who's got to step up on defense for us to uh, to clinch this victory? Last three minutes of the game, who's... who's well, I think freaking Rimer's out, which is terrible. Okay. That's that's a killer. That wasn't my question. Sorry. Well, someone's got to step up in Rimer's place. That's who's like, that's the key, right? It's like, everybody else is super strong. I love, like, he's got a rotation of 17 guys that are, like, running in there pretty consistently. Um, I think you got to have whoever can step up in Rimer's place. Um, I mean, is it Henrik? Like, who's who, who jumps into his place? I have loved what I've been seeing from Singleton, uh, too. Just like, yeah. I mean, the fact that he can truck stick dudes. He's a former five star, I believe. He can just truck stick dudes. And I know Colorado tested him deep on a on a pass, and he just absolutely owned the receiver. And uh, and I think he's just got such potential. If he can, like, you know, make a big play, you know, if it's a pick six or force a fumble or something like that, you know, running downhill um, from that safety position, that is really exciting to me as well. I I think I'm going with. Um... Nash here, polar bear. Oh yeah, I I think he's off to like an amazing start, but like there is no, there is no way our defense is going to keep up with the Michigan O line if he's not having a temporary day. Yeah, like a banner day. Better. I mean, he's it's like full potential needs to be realized immediately, because um, this is the best O line in the country, the best O line we'll face all year. It's going to be the, the biggest challenge that he's going to have to rise up to all year as well. Well, you're ripping, oh, you're, you're ripping a five hour energy over there, Louie. I'm rolling something. Yeah, I'm robo tripping. I'm your voice. <laughs> Whoa, jeez. Yeah, no, you got some uh, decongestion. The, my nine month old got me sick as a dog. That oh, oh, a little something. All right, special. I was on the move there. Sorry. Let's wrap this thing up, Andrew. What do we think? Special teams, team. yeah. Who's our special teams MVP? Who's making a play? I mean, can Alvado make a freaking kick? Good lord, it's one for three. Worst field goal kicking in the, in the Big Ten right now. I mean, Warding Bleak Road mercy. runs for two touchdowns. Bye. Well, I mean, I mean, we love this big Bleak Road. Are you kidding? That? That's that's probably my favorite play of the season. That's he, just like this is incredible. The post that we put up with he just, I mean, he was beaming. He was smiling. So happy here. Just a gear. Also, just like he yeah, runs and then, like, sort of like just runs and sort of like dives. He's like, I, yeah, he's like, I'm not getting, I'm not getting hurt. Like, I'm just, he just like trips, falls. Epic. I love that play. 
That was awesome. Uh, um, uh, I want to just bring one back. We got to we got to get into some field position battles here. I want to see I want to see Kemp take one a little bit. Yeah, that's what stinks. I mean, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm like Brady as a negative already. Ramir Johnson was like really doing well. Yep. Turning kicks. Yep. He was like he was killing it. Um, all right, rest in peace. But you know, mm-hmm. these dudes. Awesome. Kemp would be good. I mean, Tommy Hill. What if he like you know made it happen? Probably a couple times. But uh, I don't. You got to get all that. Like. Everybody's like Jones and for Alvana, like after the West Side game, and everybody's like, he's the greatest kicker ever. You're so disrespectful for not offering the kid. I'm like, watching him, like, classic West Side kid chokes under pressure. Like, what's he doing? Like, this kid stinks. Yeah, yeah trust him. Yeah, yeah. he's going to get it together. He's going to be the next Alex Henry. I, I'm feeling it. Yeah, well, Alex Henry never missed pressure. Right now, he's year. doing like the, the Alex Henry last year in the NFL. Uh, thing yeah the, the like i'm 34 i can't play in the nfl thing anymore no yeah it's a, a tough ball from grace there but um yeah all right we had we were finishing with swag yeah i think our our swag player of the week just trying to bring it back in the podcast here a little bit um great name drop chuck deshaun singleton is taking it home this week uh when he murdered that kid and danced over his carcass. That was like, I mean, I was just, those are the types of plays that are going to, to be winning us games, like in the future. I know that we were, you know, we were winning and life was good at that point, but he, he came from off the screen, like the way that the, the game was being shot. He came from off the screen out of nowhere. I mean, it was like 0.3 seconds into their backfield, the tackle for loss and, and he screamed, and I think the entire stadium could could hear that scream. Like that was that's the type of play, that's the type of swag that we need for him to just be lighting people up and letting them know it. And uh, congrats to Deshaun. Love it. All right, folks. Thanks for listening to the Guys podcast. If you're still with us, thank you to Truck and Zach for joining us. Go Big Red. Let's go beat Michigan. I think we can do it. Let's do it. Do it. I think we're gonna consider it yeah. when. We're going to get in there. Go, Huskers.